0: Let's, let's hop into our message about Reboot, and I, I want to start with this kind of, cha- uh, this kind of, excuse me, this scripture that, that we're going to uh, uh, kind of unpack, and the rest of the message is going to kind of be about unpacking this. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23 says this, now may the God of peace, just let that sink in a bit. I don't know maybe your perspective of God, who he is. Maybe you think of him as a taskmaster, maybe as, as an angry judge who's just waiting on you to screw up, maybe you think of God as someone who's distant, 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 maybe the God of deism, the, the clockmaker who just started creation going and then went on a millennia long hiatus. I'm, I'm not sure how you view him, but let's look at the way he reveals himself in scripture. Um, this, is, this is what he calls himself here, he's the God of peace. The Holy Spirit inspired this biblical writer to describe God as the God of peace. If you think about where we're at right now in, in culture, in society, some of the the, the issues, the societal issues, the, the of course, the medical issues with the pandemic. I've been, uh, this week, personally been praying um, for the people of color inside of Ramp Church. I want to let you know that you're on my heart, you're on my mind as Racial tensions are continuing to escalate and they're in every facet of society. They're they're, they're showing themselves. But in the middle of all of that, we're praying for you, but I wanna tell you there's there's something way more powerful than my ability to intervene. It's a God who wants to bring peace. This This is what Thessalonians says. Now may the God of peace himself. Ah, he's active. This is not a journey you're on all by yourself. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify, I'll I'll come back to that word. I know that's that's a new word for some of you. Sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Do you know you're not just a body? Maybe today, maybe what's even brought you to consider faith is you go, gosh, there's gotta be something more than just the material world. Got to be something more than just what I can touch and see and taste. Well, this this verse and there's other verses do it different ways, but this verse divides you in, in 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 this way: spirit, soul, and body. You're you're multifaceted, and Ramp Church is about developing you: spirit, soul, and body. And we can all of us can see the impacts of lockdown and COVID and societal and, co- and cultural issues right now on our bodies. We can see that. That, that, That's why our hospitals are full right now. That's why the, the incredible NHS staff who and many of you in Ramp Church have been working nonstop for a year is for the body. But I also believe that there is a soul challenge right now in the world. That this season isn't just affecting our bodies, but the unseen part of us, the inner man is also being deeply impacted. And so I, I believe that it's time, and even in this space, in the next couple weeks before we start in this new chapter, Ramp Church, that it's time for a reboot, a refresh. And what does that mean? Well, it's it's kind of like when, when one of our devices, when my phone starts malfunctioning, I don't throw my phone away. I, I generally don't uh, erase it and reinstall I figure out the buttons. I can never remember which buttons they are, so I have to Google it every time, to hold to reset the phone. And what it does is it, it's the same phone. It has the same apps, the same functionality, but whatever was hindering it from working properly has been moved. And Ramp Church, what I want us to do over the next two weeks is to take this two-week season before our next chapter as a type of reset a type of reboot, and I've actually created a reboot guide for you that I'm gonna tell you how to download in just a few minutes, so if you're interested in that, stick around. But what are we rebooting? We're rebooting to realize that the God of peace is at work in your and my life, and he's up to something. That, what is he up to thing? The Bible calls sanctification. It's where God is reworking you and I Body, soul, and spirit, so that we become the human we're meant to become. He moves out of the way everything that, that he doesn't intend to be there. And then he imparts into you all that that makes you thrive and flourish and, and full of life. And here at Ramp Church, we break that down into three parts. If you're wondering, what's the journey here at Ramp Church and how do we see this unfold? And the first one is awaken. Awaken. And for us, that's about knowing God. It's when our eyes open up to see the reality of the unseen world. It's when our spirit comes alive. The Bible says that at once we were dead to the things of God, but now we've been made alive. We 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 were joined with Jesus in His death, but we were also when we become children of God, we were also joined with Him in His resurrection. That's the awakening. It's to know God. All of us are somewhere in this journey, but we also in little ways have these little cycles along the way and it starts with awakening. And in little facets of our lives as we're being sanctified, it's a new awakening to a new part of the the God life that we're meant to be a part of. The next step is this. We, We get awakened, then we get equipped. That's about finding freedom and discovering purpose. God for you has a journey of finding freedom. The things that are holding you back, that have held you back, the the, the prohibitive cycles, or the or some of us are struggling with addictions in this season. Many of the worst numbers in society are going up right now. Um, substance abuse, domestic abuse, uh, uh, domestic violence. A lot of those things are going up. I've even heard from some of the police officers here in Manchester about the the, the severity of some of these problems. God wants to lead you into freedom. And being equipped is about discovering freedom, and then it, uh, it's about finding freedom, and then it's about discovering purpose. That God created you with a specific purpose in mind You are intricately and intentionally designed. And Ramp Church is about awakening you to know God, but it's also about equipping you to find freedom and discover purpose. And then this last one, it's about sending you to make a difference, that you make a difference in the world around you. And Ramp Church... Lockdown has stopped a lot of things over the past year, but I'll tell you what, it's not stopped in Ramp Church, awakening, equipping, and sending. In some ways, these things have happened in a more intentional, more fruitful way than ever before. But I wanna tell you, in this next two weeks of reset, I believe God wants to to continue on that journey, especially of finding freedom and discovering purpose. And that's what we're gonna talk about today. Uh, in our journey of reset, what does it look like to join God as he, the God of peace, as he's renewing us and making us new, as he's sanctifying us from the inside out? And I have three steps I want to talk to you today. These are outlined in the, in the, uh, the, 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 the reboot guide. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you how to get in a, in a moment. But the first step is this. First step is to reflect reflect I don't know about you but um, if I look back at seasons of my life there are times when um, when this was a bad word for me I, I didn't want to stop I'm a very action oriented kind of a person so I move from like one activity or one goal especially one thing I want to accomplish from another and it's like I'm a hundred percent in whatever goal I'm into in that season. And whenever I stop, whenever I come away from that, it can be hard because I start to see the things that I've neglected. And that can be painful sometimes, but it can also be overwhelming because I don't, I sometimes I don't feel like I know what to do about those things. But remember, God himself, the God of peace, he himself is up to the task of sanctification. We had some car issues recently. Um, and uh, God bless our car. If you're a person of faith, just uh, in, in, in the spirit, stretch your hand of faith to my car. God bless Joe's car. Um, and so the mechanic comes out. And, you know, I bring him there to like fix a specific thing in our car. But I go, I go to, to, to the car and he's got like a computer hooked up to the car. And so I asked, Well, what are you doing? And he says, he says, Well, I'm looking for all of the faults. Um, you know, the 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 indicator lights and the any faults that have gone off since last time your car was checked out. And there's a list of faults. And I was like, Oh, great, great, because everybody loves to pay for uh for car repairs. So he he he's checking this out. I brought him in for one thing, and every fault, every indicator light that had popped up since the last time somebody had done this computer thing, he could see, he could go back and see. And it was a painful reality to realize all the indicator lights that I just ignored and kept driving through. How I many you know what I'm talking about? It's like, ah, that'll just go away. Faulty emergency break, faulty whatever. All these, but uh, sometimes though, I feel like we live our life that way. There's an in, There are indicators that maybe something on a soul level isn't quite going right. And instead of reflecting, stopping and reflecting on it, we just keep driving. We keep going. But you you gotta understand, the person who designed you, the person that intricately knows you, the mechanic of your soul, he's aware of all the faults you've driven through. And those things don't go away. They still need to be repaired. Maybe they haven't popped up recently, but the God of peace himself wants to come and rework those things. And I, I've, I've seen um, this journey, and I'm gonna oversimplify it a bit just for the sake of conversation. But um, I, I've seen uh, that, that kind of experience of shock and soul injury happen in a few different steps. The first one is this. Uh, we experience shock. Uh, there's something happens. It's a traumatic situation. It's a job loss. It could be a tough conversation with a friend. Um, It can be a broken relationship. It can be a financial struggle. It can be a health problem. Um, Maybe it's, sometimes it's as simple as I was in university, lockdown happened. I wasn't able to celebrate my graduation with others. I mean, all of those things, we experience shock and that, that can be the indicator light. I don't know how to deal with that shock. So I keep moving on, but I just want to, the first thing I want to tell you today is God's not surprised by the situation. I know you and I are, um, but he wasn't shocked. He, he wasn't taken off guard. Look what Isaiah says about him. I am God, there's none like me. Don't don't you just love like the confidence? No one else is like me. And the oh, in what way does he say that? He's declaring the end from the beginning. I, you've heard that phrase, hindsight's 2020. Yeah, well, for God foresight's 2020. He can see your end before you even started. He was not taken off guard by this situation. From ancient times, thought things that have not yet happened, saying my counsel shall stand, and this is the promise over your life. I will accomplish my purposes, God says over you. You may have been shocked by that, but God was not shocked. The next thing that happens to us, and I think all of us are maybe in one of these three phases, is this. We're shocked, and then we feel sorrow or grief. This comes when we feel, when we recognize, I've lost something. Something's been taken from me. It's been stripped from me in this season. And all of us grieve. We even actually see Jesus himself grieving. Um, We can see it in scripture where Jesus is, one of his close friends died and the shortest verse in the Bible, Jesus wept. Uh, Isaiah describes Jesus as a man of sorrows. Jesus entered into our grief. He entered into the hardships of humanity. But once we're shocked, we often move that time of sorrow and that is perfectly okay. If you're in a place of healthy grief, I just want to say, stay there and invite the Holy Spirit into that space. But sometimes that that godly sorrow can turn into where, 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 where the sorrow is owning us. We're overwhelmed right, right. with sorrow, where we are broken in our grief. And I want to tell you, the first kind of sorrow is okay, but what's not okay is when we enter into that overwhelmed space. We can't see God in the middle of it. We can't see how God could use this. I can't understand how this can actually turn into something positive. I can't see potential or purpose or any sort of promise from this season. I'm overwhelmed by this situation. And I believe the next two weeks are about a reboot for us. And I'm going to get into what, what, what God's answer is for that sorrow. And it, maybe, maybe if that sorrow feels overwhelming, you enter into this place. We begin to struggle. So maybe the um, shock leads to sorrow, which leads to a struggle—a a struggle that you can't seem to get over. And most of the time, those are escapes. We're trying to run from the situation. And sometimes it's substance abuse. Sometimes it's unfaithfulness in a marriage. Um, we're trying to—we—we—we we, we employ coping mechanisms. Sometimes it's as simple as Netflix binging, right? It's, it's where the struggle starts to own us. And then uh, oftentimes we enter into what psychologists call ruminating, where, we're, where, where all we're thinking about is how bad things are. There's no way anything good can come from this. And one a failure in one area means, I'm, uh, means a failure in every area. Area. I know this is a sad story right now, but I'm, this message is not gonna stay here. So if you're sad, I, I get it, but it's gonna end in a good place. And you know, for some of us, this is me, oftentimes, if maybe you don't know where you're at in that, I just want to hook the computer up to the diagnostic system and I, I wanna give us a few things that we can tell. How, how do I know if I'm not doing well? How, how, what are some of the indicator lights in my life, and they come from this question right here: How am I? And let's let's go through these rather quickly, and then I'm going to move on to some good news, guys. Don't worry; won't stay bad forever. Thoughts: What what's my thought life like? What is my thought life like? I I love Second um, Corinthians 13 says: Examine yourselves, and see if you're in the faith. And that's not just talking about salvation, although it is. It's also talking about just to look inside. Are the areas of my life strong? And if we're going to do this reset, if we're going to do this reboot properly, we need to reflect. We need to look back. How is my thought life? How How is the what one verse says the attitude of my mind? How's the environment of my thinking? That's an indicator light. Another indicator light is this. Um, what are, number two, my desires and my cravings? What are the things that when there's no pressure on me from the outside, do I want? What are those things? Number three, these are indicator lights. Decisions. If I look back over the past 12 months, can I see a trend in my decisions leading me or pointing me, giving me some sort of conclusion um, one way or another? Those are indicator lights. And hey, remember, what are we talking about here? We're talking about let's take this next season of lockdown to shift before we get back to the new, new normal, right? So, decisions, number four, attitudes. How's my attitudes been? Let's check in, let's do a check-in. Maybe that would be a good thing to ask people close to you, because sometimes attitude is like body odor. The only person who can't smell it is you, right? Attitudes, (laughs) ask the people in your world, how's my attitude been? How have I been acting? What's the indicator like there? The next one, number five, energy. How's my, how's your energy life? Have you felt energized? I don't know about you, but for me, one of the things lockdown has done is I feel tired in times I shouldn't feel tired. It's an indicator that I'm, I'm carrying probably more than I realize in this season. There's trauma that maybe I haven't addressed. Maybe I haven't stopped to reflect on. How do I know maybe that that shock or that trauma has happened? My energy levels. Like normally this, this type of work energizes me. I feel exhausted. I feel lethargic. I feel a lack of motivation, energy. Number six. Number six. Let's go to that next slide. Number six is rest. I'll just say it to you. So number six is rest. Uh, Maybe you've been having trouble sleeping. I I know when, when I am dealing with some soul stuff, I can have trouble sleeping. Waking up in the middle of the night, my mind is going a million miles an hour. Number seven, is time, how's your time management? Sometimes procrastination follows along with that soul unrest. The next one's words. If you look back, you take a words inventory. What have my words been like? Where have they been pointing? Are those indicator lights on my condition? The next one's friendships. What relationships are you drawn to? Oftentimes when we're not doing well, we're drawn toward the relationships that pull us down instead of the ones that pull us up. So all those are indicator lights. They're going to be a, a, a part of the reboot guide that I tell you about later that allow you to see how am I doing. They're diagnostic checks. Lamentations three, chapter three, verse forty says, "Let us examine our ways and test them, and then let us return to the Lord." I love that. This is the prophet Jeremiah who's writing this. He's saying, "Examine your ways." Test your ways, reflect on the faults that have maybe popped up recently, and then return to God. So don't, don't try to sort it all on your own. And oftentimes when we have this cycle of, of we, we haven't reflected, we don't have this soul rest on the inside of us. We haven't found this, this place of soul restoration or sanctification that God's doing. We isolate And let me tell you, sometimes you're your own worst company when you're all by yourself. You need someone to come help you. Proverbs 4, verse 23, so above all, guard the affections of your heart, for they affect all that you are. Pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being, for from there flows the wellspring of life. So number one, I want you to reflect. Let's take the next two weeks, sit down, Create space, ask people closest to you. Guys, we don't want to miss this next chapter, this next next season right before life goes back to normal. We don't want to miss anything God can do in the middle of this season. So number one, reflect. Step two is this, repent, repent. I'm about to describe this word for you because some of you, you, you had like an instant defensive reaction to this word. This word probably does not mean what you've thought it means. This word repent actually comes from the Greek word, metanoia, metanoia, say that with me, metanoia. And it means to, a change in one's way of life resulting from a change of mind or heart. A change in one's way of life or one's direction of life or one's pattern of living that resulted from a change in mind or heart. Now, the the word repent is it's 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 used it's a bible word but it was used all over Greek, ancient Greek literature and it was used in in different contexts than just bible religious things because it means to change the way you live based on a change of thought or heart. Now, maybe some of you have been around church when you heard that word you think groveling or feeling terrible about yourself. Or begging God for forgiveness. And I'm not saying some of those things aren't appropriate at some seasons of our life. That's not what repentance means, though. Sometimes genuine repentance has has those things uh, as, as a demonstration of my desire for change. But ultimately, when God invites the heart and the mind and the life to change... He is there, like Thessalonians tells us, he himself is there helping us transition our thinking and our heart posture so that it results in a different way of living. He's not simply yelling at you from the outside going, change, do better, work harder, care more. He himself, the God of peace, is wanting to crawl alongside you and lead you into new ways of thinking. He's wanting, through the power of his word, to reveal new ways of thinking, new postures of the heart, new motivations and desires. And as a result of that change, lead you into a new way of life, a new direction, a new pattern of living where you will see fruitfulness and flourishing and thriving. Step one is to reflect, but step two is to repent. An early Christian sermon described repentance this way. Look at this. Repentance cleanses the heart. Some of you just need to let that sink in. I don't know about you, but this season for me at times, I feel like my heart needs cleansing. Not... not, not just because of dirty things we do, but because of things sometimes that happen to me or things that I witness, things that I experience, things that I see. Turn on the news for a couple minutes and sometimes you feel like you get out of that and you're like, man, I need to take like a, a, a heart bath. Like I need a mind shower after that. I feel like trauma was just like, uh, just exploded on me off the screen. And a lockdown is in many ways that we can't get away from from things that are trying to dirty or tarnish our heart. I want to tell you, if you've never journeyed with Jesus before, one of the most compelling reasons is that you start to feel clean from the inside. And and an early preacher in the early church said it like this, repentance cleanses the heart. It enlightens the sense. The sense of what? The sense of God. It enlightens our senses to know God is near. Do you know God has been with you this entire time, this entire journey? Yes, through the job loss. Yes, through the unfaithfulness in your marriage. Yes, through the trials relationally. God's been there every step of the way. He has been there. Oftentimes, the reason we can't see him at work, we can't see him sustaining us, we can't see him guiding us, is because our senses are, are asleep. They haven't been enlightened. They haven't been awakened to see God at work. Repentance cleanses the heart. Repentance enlightens our sense. And repentance prepares the human soul for the reception of Christ. It makes the way straight as John the Baptist did before Jesus came. Here's, Here's how I would describe repentance. This next slide. When you repent, this is what happens. When you repent, you're sending God an invitation to get involved. When you repent, God receives that as an invitation that you want Him to be a part of your journey. God, the God of peace, Himself wants to be involved in your journey. Repentance is that invitation. You're creating room for Him to to transform you. Have you ever been at a sporting event uh, and somebody on the field gets injured? You'll see, especially in kids' sports, there's a crowd of people come around him and they like stare at him. Like that's really what you want when you have an injury is a crowd of people to, to stare at you. But what happens when someone who, who is a healthcare professional approaches? The crowd makes way, don't they? They create room for the professional to work. What happens when, when you repent, you clear the way? You may feel injured. You may feel that traumas come, sorrows come. Maybe even that's creating some habits in your life that, that are prohibiting you, holding you back, and you're crowded by those things. How, you're, you're wondering, how can God even get in here? I'll tell you how. Repentance. Repentance clears the crowd. It clears the noise. It clears the mess around you so that the professional soul healer, Jesus himself, can step into that situation and bring peace to the storm in your heart and in your mind. The crowd moves, it gives way when Jesus comes close. Psalms 32, when I kept silent about my sin, my body wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My vitality was drained away as with the fever heat of summer. I acknowledged my sin to you, the psalmist says. This is the description of what happened when there was a crowd around the injury. And once the acknowledgement of where I am, it's just the declaration out of our mouth to God. Here's where I am. Here's what I'm struggling with. Isn't it amazing how sometimes we go through things in life and we we don't even realize I haven't even talked to God about this yet. Like I haven't even mentioned it to him. I'm carrying this all by myself. Sometimes we will will go through our favorites list in our phone and call every person on that list before even bringing it to God, before even consulting God about it. We haven't even invited him in the situation. Well, that's like being injured on the sports field and we're asking people who have no idea about medical help what their opinion is on my injury. Make room, create space, and let the professional come to heal you. Repentance is sending God an invitation to get involved. You're creating room for him to transform you. I acknowledge my sin to you. My iniquity I did not hide. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. And here's what the psalmist says. And you forgave the guilt of my sin. You forgave the guilt of the shock of the trauma. Revelations 2, 5 Jesus says this to the church, consider how far you've fallen. What's Jesus saying? Reflect. Step one, reflect. Look back. Just consider it. Think about it. I know, I know you don't like to do that. Maybe you haven't done it in the past because you feel overwhelmed. Like I can't. If I stop and reflect, I won't know what to do with what I've looked at. I want to tell you the God of peace himself is wanting to sanctify you today. But it starts with what Jesus is telling the, the church in Revelation. Consider how far. Consider what's happened in the past. Consider the warning lights that have gone off and and that have gone ignored. Consider the things that your soul is yelling at you to try to, hey, stop, pay attention, take notice. Let's do a reset. Repent, Jesus says to the church. Repent, change the way you think. Change your heart posture so you can change directions and do the things you did at first. If you do not repent, I will come to you. Remove your lampstand from this place. We don't have time to unpack that. It's a beautiful revelation. So step one. Reflect. Step two, repent. And step three is what we've all been waiting for, isn't it? Step step three, reboot. Reboot. I believe. Here's where my faith is for you. And if you don't have enough faith for yourself, it's okay. You've tuned in to the right place today. Because I have enough faith for you today. That over the next two weeks, Ramp Church, we can have a reboot. Amen. We can go into the final season of lockdown. With a fresh perspective, having handled the warning lights in my soul, in my life, and then going into the season with a fresh start. With a fresh, I, I, I know I'm me, I'm the same me, I'm in touch with, 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 with uh, my gifts and my callings and my purpose. I'm in touch even with the things that have happened. And I can remember the things that have happened, but the sting is not there anymore. I can remember the things that I've been through, but the regret doesn't wake me up at three in the morning, plaguing me, reminding me, you screwed up. Remember if you would have just fill in the blank. You wouldn't have been in this situation. Those things have left me. That's what the psalmist is saying. You forgave me and and washed away the guilt of my sin. What's the guilt? It's the stuff that hangs around after the deed is done. After the shock has come. It's the stuff that hangs around. God wants to reboot us. He wants to reboot us. And, I, and here, it's real simple. It's real simple how this reboot's going to happen. I, I've got three ways this reboot is going to happen. And I've, I've stole these. So I just want to give credit where credit's due. Dr. Henry Cloud, who's a clinical psychologist. So this, this, has, this has secular evidence behind it, but it also supports from the Word of God. Look at this. This is, this is, this is what he says. This is the first step to a reboot. You ready? Deep in connection. Henry Cloud says it like this. All of us in our, in, our, in our person, the foundation of who we are, I'm thinking about Matthew chapter 5 where Jesus talks about uh, when a storm comes, are you built on the proper foundation? The foundation of who we are rests on connection, relationships, vulnerable communication, one to another. And here's, here's what I'm asking you today about to deepen your connection. This is the reboot. This is the reboot. Have I talked to God about it? What's the reboot going to look like in the next two weeks? You and God are going to have more combos than you have ever had before. What are you doing? You're taking an inventory? What have been the warning lights that have popped up, God? Well, talk to me. Let's let's talk about this. I've seen how sometimes my words haven't been what they want. I've talked to my kids in ways that I wish I wouldn't have talked to my kids. I talked to my kids the way that my dad used to talk to me. I said I would never talk to my kids that way. You know that kind of stuff that pops up. I've, I've made decisions at work that I've I've accused other people. Like you know why would they do that? And now I find myself doing those things. I've gotten hung up on habits that I haven't struggled with that since university. I haven't struggled with that since I was you know in high school. Whatever whatever the age may be, you're you're struggling. What are these these indicator lights that are coming off, or you, here's what you're going to do in the next two weeks. You're going to have combos with God. You and God are going to have some heart-to-hearts. Because what needs to happen to reboot you, you need to deepen your connection with the God of peace who Himself wants to sanctify you. But also, who else can I talk to today? Some of, some of us are isolating ourselves and we're blaming God for the results. Can I just get real with you today? Can I get, can I get uh, with a bit of a challenge? We're isolating ourselves and we're blaming God for the results. We have isolated ourselves from the people God has put in our life to help us through that problem. And then we're begging God, why haven't you fixed this? He's trying to through people that you have said you don't want to talk to. You're hearing me. This season's about deepening connection. Have I talked to God about it. It's time for some combos. Who else can I talk to today? Number one is about deepening connection. Number two, this is the next part of your reboot. Strengthen routines. This is too practical for some of us, but I want to tell you, this can change your life. This can lead to the reboot of the next two weeks. Strengthen routines. Look at this. Two parts. Two parts to strengthening routines. This next slide. The two parts are, when can I create space for silence And solitude. When can I create space for silence and solitude? Maybe you're brand new to walking with Jesus. Start with five minutes. Start five minutes in the mornings. Silence and solitude. Nobody else is there. There's something about when a surgeon is ready to do heart surgery, he doesn't do it in the middle of Piccadilly Gardens. Right? Right? The environment is completely primed for that level of depth. And we're wanting a deep work in our lives, but we don't create the the theater. We don't create the space. We don't create the the, the surgery room for him to be able to lead us into soul health, lead us into a reboot, because I, I, I never get away with God. I never create space for silence and solitude. Maybe you, you you do have a history with God, but you're just out of practice. You you c- come on, fifteen minutes. I, let me tell you, I this is this is my job. I preach for a living, right? I lead a church as a living uh, for a living. And I find the further I get with God, the more time I actually need in silence and solitude. The more of this book that I study and learn, the more I need. And my routine every morning, my routine. Every morning. I, I get up early and it starts with coffee because God loves coffee. That's that's why it starts with coffee. Somewhere in this book, surely there's something about coffee. Starts with coffee and I sit down and I'm gonna spend I'm gonna spend an hour, hour and a half with God. I am and why? Because I need it. I need it. That's not a sign that I'm I'm extra holy. That's a sign of my level of need. I need it. I need time with. God, when can I create space for silence and solitude? What have I been thinking about? Let's take take an internal inventory today. Number one, deepen connection. Number two, strengthen routines. Number three, give trust and find self-control. Give trust and find self-control. This is what Dr. Henry Cloud says about this. Much of our anxiety, much of the reason we can't seem to move out of life-hindering cycles, one of the reasons we can't move on from trauma is because we refuse to let go of the things we can't control and we don't engage the things we can control. We refuse to let go of the things we can't control and we refuse to engage in the things we can Control. Can, I, can I show you some of the, the, the biblical character's journey in this? Look, look in 2 Timothy. This is Paul speaking. I'm suffering here in prison. Oof. Oof, that's a pretty rough situation, right? Uh, some of us, lockdowns felt like prison, right? So, so this is what Paul says. I'm suffering here in prison, but I'm not ashamed of it. Why? For I know the one in whom I... What do you do with the things you can't control? They're important. You trust them to God. That's what you do. You trust them to God. And I am sure that he is able to guard what I trust him with until the day of his return. What happens when he returns? He makes it all right. He makes all the wrong things right. Paul is saying, there are some things in my life I cannot control. What do I do with those things I can't control? I trust them to God. And what I want you to do, this is the daily reboot guide that I'm going to tell you how to download in just a a second. What do you do? I want you to list the things you can't control. Some of us, our lives are living in anxiety because we obsess over things we can't change anyway. You can't change the vaccine. I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter how much you worry about it. You can't get your worry. it has nothing to do with getting it out, right? You can't change the job situation. Some of us us sitting there worrying, right? We can't change that relational issue. We can't, I don't have, a I have control over what I say, but I don't have control over another person. We need to, what do I have to do with that? I trust it to God. I let, I, 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 I let God who is able guard what I've given him. Right. And then I focus on what I can control. What has God given me to focus on? Look at Isaiah 49. And if, if you're just wondering if some, if people of faith sometimes struggle with this, look at Isaiah, the prophet. Okay, but my work seems so useless. Anybody feel that way? I've spent my strength for nothing and to no purpose. The prophet himself saying this. Ben, you can go ahead and take your places. Yet I leave it all—all all of my work, all of my efforts, all of my struggles, all of my trauma, all of my sorrows, all of my hang-ups and hurts—I leave it all in the Lord's hand. I will trust God. For my reward. I will trust God to do what He said He would do. Look at Proverbs. I love this. 1632. Better, oh, this is a tough one. You here with me, Ram Church? Better to be patient than powerful. Better to have self-control than to conquer city. I know you wish you had the power to change the situation, but God says it's actually better for you to wait for Him to change it. We don't like this. I hate patience. I hate waiting. I hate waiting. I'm with you, okay? Better to be patient than powerful. It's better to be able to control what you're able to control and let God do His part than for you to have the power to conquer a city. Uh, let me tell you the worst thing that can happen in this situation. You or I be, be given the same abilities that God has to change things. Why? Because I would do with it stuff that He would never do because His wisdom surpasses yours and mine. Come on. His knowledge surpasses yours and mine. The world says that before the foundations of the world, he was. He is the alpha and the omega. He's the beginning and the end. He's the first and the last. And I don't need his power. I need him. Come on. You need him involved. And what I need, what you and I need, we need patience to endure until he shows up. With his power, you and I control what we're able to control and we leave the rest to him. We're patient. We're waiting on God to ask. What is this reboot about? It's about shifting all the things in my life that I have wrongly owned into the God category, being patient for him to act and then owning all the things that he's given me. It's it's putting both hands on what he's giving me and letting him do the rest. Here's the questions about give trust, find self-control. Have I released to God the things outside of my control? Am I trusting Him to take care of it? Next, am I doing, how am I doing with owning the things I can control? Are they at the right priority level? And I have created a daily reboot guide for you. And I created this with you in mind. So over the next two weeks, this is what this is what I can see you doing. This you, you can download it. You can do it digitally, you can print it out if you want. And every day you're using this reboot, this reboot guide. You're gonna look, what are the lies that I've believed? And what does God say about that lie? What are the actions that I've committed, the sins that I've committed that God wants to reverse? How can I deepen connections, strengthen routines? What are the things I can't control? Let's identify the identify the things I can control and then let's prioritize those. You go to rant.church mcr and you can download this for free. Right now, it's the button right there at the top of the page that says, download the Daily Reboot Guide. ramp.church/mcr. And go do that now. I want to read this prayer with you. I want us to pray this together. And this is on the guide for you. And then we're going to go into a time of worship. Ryan Old Niebuhr, who's a, who's a theologian from the mid-20th century, he, he, he wrote this prayer called the Serenity Prayer. Maybe some of you have heard it. I want us to pray it together, and then I want you, over the next two weeks, to pray regularly, to let it wash over your soul and mind. Let's let's pray this together. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardship as a pathway to peace, taking, as Jesus did, this sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that you will make all things right if I surrender to your will. So that I may be reasonably happy. Do you know, in this life, sometimes that's that's the best we can hope—we're reasonably happy until Jesus comes back. That we're trusting for His final return in this life, and supremely happy with You forever in the next. Amen. So we worship over the next few minutes, and then Toye is going to close out our service together, and then pray over you as well. I want you. To give yourself to God, dedicate the next two weeks in this reboot season and go, God, teach me. Teach me how to take an internal inventory, how to then change my mind and my heart, how to turn those things over to you, those things I can't control, and then own the things I can. And I want a reboot in my life. I want a fresh start before this next chapter. Let's sing together.